0: love talk
1: radio your attention please ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming
0: I am who I am.
2: it's tuesday night and it's 7 30 p.m everyone it's time for your national family radio talk show let's talk america with host shana Thorn. the acclaimed news talk program has earned a reputation as a high quality example of digital journalism we deliver the conversations you want to hear about, the news defining our time. You can expect expert and celebrity guests weekly. This popular show is the recipient of the Bold Award in Journalism and has the We Excellence Excellency in Journalism Award. Let's bring in our on-air host, the one and only Shayna Thornton.
3: Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shayna Thornton. Of course, I am Shayna and I am honored and thrilled that you've opted to join us live this Tuesday night. It is April 26th. It's 2016. Can you believe it? We are already knocking loudly at the door of May. Time has flown by already. Well, if you don't know, you should know that this is a universal talk show for everyone. And on the show, we spotlight politics, health, education, history, pop culture, and the latest news. And when we say everyone, literally, we mean everyone in your household, including the kids and the youth. So if possible, always encourage them to listen in to our informative conversation and exclusive interviews. Now, also, you should know that you can stream Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton from anywhere in the world, especially live Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also, you can go back and listen to the replay podcast at your convenience. The website to visit is thornton.com Again, that's www.letstalkamericawithshanathorton.com. Well, we are excited to celebrate three years on the air this April. It has been one uh, amazing journey. And I personally thank you for joining us along this amazing ride of three full years, and we have more for you here in 2016 and beyond. Hey, I've got some great news to share. I am so thrilled uh, about this opportunity. Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton, will actually debut on Love 860 AM Atlanta Radio, and that's going to be May 7th, so please mark your calendars, Saturday, May 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton will debut again on the radio station out of Atlanta. Love, 860 AM. So we're going to offer news talk. We are just uh, expanding the reach. We will continue to broadcast live on Tuesday nights, uh, whatever method you are listening to me right now. That's still going to be an excellent way. And then we're expanding. So uh, on the first and third Saturdays of the month, we will actually broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, uh, the one and only, the very popular uh, radio station Love, 860 AM. So you've got to join us. We'd love for you to continue to stick with us, and there we will offer live studio interviews with the people you want to hear from, so it's going to continue to be a show that offers a national platform, but if you're in the Atlanta area, tune us in, uh, certainly in your car, so listen to us there, or you can continue to listen to us online. Visit our website or visit Love 860 AM's website. All right, everyone, well, you know, we love great conversation here. News, talk, and music is what we aim to deliver each and every week, and tonight we have have one amazing, very interesting, and very timely uh, issue to discuss. I'm talking about child abuse. Um, if you don't know, April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and it's a very serious issue. If you're thinking this is something from 30, 40, 50 years ago, um, I assure you that you are wrong. Uh, it still exists in many forms. It may not always be obvious, but it does exist. We're talking about child abuse, be it sexual abuse, physical, emotional, mental, whatever it can be, there are different forms out there. I'm no expert, but I have someone who's worked um, in the field uh, as a social worker. She has seen child abuse head on. I'm talking about the one and only the acclaimed clinical social worker Monica Swain. She is a friend of this show. Uh, She joins me to talk about this issue, okay? It's hard-hitting. It's the elephant in the room, but it's one that needs to be addressed. So please message family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, anyone that has children, anyone that comes in contact with children, grandparents, aunts, godparents. Uh, again, this applies to all of us, okay, awareness is so powerful, uh, education can make a difference and a lot of times um, maybe individuals don't really know that it is abuse, maybe it's been done to them. We're going to talk about uh, generational activities, generational behavior, she's going to take that on head on. So excited to speak again with a friend of this show, Monica Swain. We're also putting the spotlight on colon cancer awareness tonight. This disease pops up all too common, and I have the honor of having a survivor one with us who's gonna share his amazing journey and also an acclaimed oncologist. She's gonna break down this information and give us some great tips to help fight off uh, colon cancer or uh, make sure it's detected as early as possible. You wanna join us for this. Colon cancer is very common here in the US, okay? So please stick with us. We also have an interview with the country superstar, country music superstar, Jennifer Nettles. She joins uh, the show tonight to talk about an event with the 4-H organization. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Do stick with us. And lastly, we are celebrating National Poetry Month here on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. And we have the honor of having poet Nicole Ivey share an original poem tonight. So you want to stick with us to hear this poem. And also, again, please encourage all of the youth to join in, okay? We're talking about some issues that certainly applies to them uh, very timely. You know we love a great news and great conversation here on Let's Talk America Radio, but you know we adore motivational music, and tonight we have the honor of sharing some music of saxophonist Gerard Robinson. Gerard Robinson's music will air tonight at the end of the show, so you want to stick around for that. Now, if you've listened to this show before, you certainly know that we also have our signature in the news where we highlight the top trending global news of the week. And we also have our quote of the night coming up. So stick with us. Hey, if this is your very first time listening in, I think you're going to enjoy the show. And hopefully, you'll join us again next week. All right, everyone. It's that time to kick it off. Please hashtag LTA Radio. LTA Radio as you listen to us tonight. Let others know that you are tuned in. If you're on the fabulous Facebook, hashtag it. Take a selfie and share it with family and friends. And, of course, you can do the same thing on Instagram and tweet LTA Radio. All right, everyone, we are set to kick it off. It is Tuesday. It's April 26, 2016, and LTA Radio is in your ear. Let's get it. It's time.
4: Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, exit 37, Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org.
3: Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavita, and I listen to Let's
2: Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 730 so Let's Talk America with Shayna Shana Thornton. This is
5: Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna
2: Thornton. This
5: is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be.
3: Welcome back, everyone. A special thanks goes out to all of our national partners and sponsors. Truly, the support is priceless, okay? And I'd be remiss if I did not thank uh, and express gratitude for our weekly, dedicated, loyal listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. A lot of you listen in live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday night, but I also know that many of you go back and listen to the replay podcast, and often you catch that by visiting our website, com. or you simply uh, go to other outlets such as iTunes and SoundCloud. Cloud. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we're very uh, proud to also be on those other outlets such as iTunes. I know that's one of our most popular uh, replay sites that you listen to our replay podcast. So when you can't tune in live on Tuesday nights, you certainly find the time. Often it's at the church on Sunday or in route to taking the kid to a practice, whatever it is. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to that show. It means Everything to us. Well, everyone, if you've listened to the show before, you know it's time for our signature in the news. We highlight the top national and global news uh, that's making an impact in your life. Now, friendly reminder Let's Talk America Radio has collaborated with the one and only, the acclaimed SCB TV Channel 182 News on the Charter Cable Network out of Georgia to present the televised edition of In the News. We're very excited about that opportunity. We've been doing that for a while now, it's been going very well. So you can check out the footage there from visiting our website. Again, Let's Talk America with Shana com. and we have links that will lead you to the Vimeo site, okay? And there you can watch the televised edition of In the News. Check it out. It's often more extensive than the audio radio version of In the News. Well, we are set to kick it off for this week, In the News, for April 26, 2016. Wisconsin prom shooting. 18-year-old Jacob Wagner opened fire with a loaded rifle outside of Antigua High School Prom in northern Wisconsin on Saturday night. Now, two students were wounded by the shooter while attempting to exit the facility. The perpetrator was fatally shot by a local policeman in the parking lot. At this point, investigators are not revealing if the two injured students were specifically targeted. Now, it is being reported that some students are claiming the deceased was bullied in previous years about his personal hygiene. In the news, deadly Ohio shootings. Now, the mysterious killing of eight people in Pike County, Ohio, last week may have been a preplanned execution, according to authorities. Now, the police have found marijuana growing operations at three of the crime scenes. Victims range from 16 to 44 years old of age. Now, all were shot in the head, some even while lying asleep in their beds. Three children, including a four-day-old, survived the ordeal. No arrests have been made in the case yet. In the news, a change on U.S. currency. Now, former slave and abolitionist Harriet Tugman will replace the seventh U.S. President, Andrew Jackson, on the $20 bill. Now, the announcement from the U.S. Treasury Department came just last week and has already caused chatter on social media, with some being in support and some being upset about the change. Now, Harriet Tugman will be the very first woman on the face of a modern U.S. bill. And lastly, in the news for this week is the reporting of the death of the musician known as Prince. The 57-year-old was found unresponsive this past Thursday at his home in Minnesota. Now autopsy was performed but will not be revealed until some days. He was cremated over the weekend with his remains not being disclosed to the public. Well, everyone, now that concludes our In the News for this week. You have to stick with us because next week we highlight more trending news. It's always timely, so stick with us. If you are a news junkie and you're interested in news, I would ask that you join me on Twitter where I share Uh, news stories that are always timely, okay, all hours of the night. So do uh, join us on Twitter. The handle there is S.S. Thornton. The handle on Twitter is S.S. As Thornton, okay? News matters, okay? Stay informed. That's very important to all of us. All right. Well, your family radio talk show, Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton, we're on right now, okay? And, of course, we offer news talk for every member of your household. We're going to be right back in seconds, and I'm so excited and honored to talk about an issue that impacts millions often. It goes silent. It goes unreported. I'm talking about child abuse. Monica Swain, clinical social worker, joins me in minutes. Stay with us. Bold
4: Favor Magazine is the leadership lifestyle magazine where we highlight bold people, organizations, and causes that inspire us to live fearlessly. Subscribe, read, advertise, and enjoy, and understand how 103,000 people have subscribed to our list with substantial followings on Instagram and Twitter. To expand your brand to include professional profiles and spotlights, Enjoy a mutually beneficial partnership beyond the magazine. Call or email us today. www.boldfavormagazine.com, info@boldfavormagazine.com or 866-611-3753. The future favors the bold. Be fearless in all you do. Bold Favor Magazine.
5: Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K E Z I A -A L S O R D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses
2: your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of Georgia. Let's Talk America with your host, Dana Thorne. Keep it going. This is Carol from
6: Atlanta, Georgia. Happy birthday, Let's Talk America. This is Lisco from Columbia, South Carolina. Happy birthday, Let's Talk America. This is Shirley from Columbia.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you so much for the anniversary and birthday wishes. We've been on three full years since April, and we continue to deliver news, talk, and music in your household. Thanks for sticking with us and, again, for all of the continued support from the various community members throughout the U.S. Well, everyone, it is time for our inspirational quote of the show. And this is where I share quotes that I find pretty amazing and pretty motivational. And may it help you uh, continue to have one productive week. Well, tonight, our uh, quote comes from the one and only basketball great Michael Jordan. He needs no introduction, right? He once said, I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can accept not trying. Wow. Again, uh, NBA, basketball, great. A legend already, clearly in his own right, Michael Jordan once said, I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. You know what? His words speak for themselves. How true. You know, we have to try. We have to motivate ourselves to do something. Even if we're saying, hey, I failed at other attempts, make an attempt at something else, okay? We're all going to fail at different things in life. It doesn't mean your whole life is going to be a failure. That doesn't mean that future endeavors will be. a failure. So keep striving. What a powerful quote from the one and only Michael Jordan. Well, everyone, uh, the friend of the show, a clinical social worker, Monica Swain, will join us to break down child abuse. Okay? You want to stick with us. We also have a timely, exclusive interview with a colon cancer survivor and his oncologist. He's going to share his journey. The oncologist is going to offer some great information. And we have country superstar, uh, very, very big, Jennifer Nettles, joins us. And we also have an acclaimed poet. Stay with us the show isn't long but it's a good one Hey, you want to bring your career to the next level call United Medical and Business Institute now 866-304-UMBI and enroll today you can be certified in less than a year if you've always wanted to get into the healthcare field or you want to make more money this is your chance
7: UMBI is MARTA accessible and offers flexible class schedules financial assistance available for those who qualify call eight six six
3: three zero 304 umbi or visit them on the web at umbi.edu your future is only a call away United Medical and Business Institute for your goal become your reality.
2: Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going.
3: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. It is Tuesday night, and it is April, and we are putting the spotlight on child abuse. That's right. I said it. Child abuse. It is a reality in 2016, if you like it or not. Now, I'm no expert in this, but you know at Let's Talk America Radio, we always seek those who have more knowledge, those who are advocates for change, good change, out throughout our communities. And, of course, right now I'm speaking with a friend of Let's Talk America Radio. I'm talking about Monica Swain. She of course is a licensed clinical social worker. she also owns her own practice uh, which offers counseling and consulting services and she also happens to be a woman after my own heart. She's a radio talk show host. Welcome back to Let's Talk America. Uh, Monica, we're excited and honored to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is an honor. Um, It's an honor to speak with you, to consult with you about this topic, but it's a tough hard-hitting, disheartening topic, Monica, and I'm talking about child abuse. Now, we have listeners of different generations. Uh, Some uh, themselves may have experienced child abuse firsthand. Some uh, may be in denial about it. Maybe they're not quite sure what child abuse is, other than seeing something on television um, that often portrays uh, the very, very extreme circumstances of it, which is very disheartening and sad, but we want to talk about the entire gamut tonight on LT. Radio. Explain what child abuse is.
2: Absolutely. Child abuse is the action or the act that a child experiences from an adult, a parent, even an older sibling that could possibly cause injury, death, emotional harm, or any type of any type of action that with a deliberation to harm that child.
3: Wow. So that you said a lot. You said it so eloquently. So, in other words, it's just bad business for the kid any way you look at it, be it physical, emotional, um, or even sexual, I'd imagine, right?
2: Absolutely. And child abuse, um, unfortunately, it comes in many forms, such as child maltreatment. Okay. Yes. Maltreatment of children, um, neglect physical abuse, sexual abuse, exploitation, as
3: well as psychological. Wow. So I think a lot of people, when they hear the word child abuse, they automatically say, well, I'm going to recognize it because it's a kid with a black eye or the whaps or bruises on their skin. Um, But you're saying it also, I guess, when you talk about neglect, it could also be starving a child, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, which, unfortunately, I know you know this coming from a social work background, happens with guardians and parents, right? Yes. Yes,
2: absolutely. Very And also sometimes it happens with sitters and older siblings
3: as well. Oh, wow. And and that's an interesting point, Monica, that I myself was not aware of or I didn't really, I guess, focus in on it. But it's not just mom or dad or grandmother, right? You're saying older siblings can also be perpetrators of child abuse, I guess, in, in particular for those younger siblings.
2: Absolutely. Child abuse occurs, uh, you know, when that child has been compromised in some way by someone that was considered to be a guardian, an overseer, or someone's care they've been left in. Wow. Are some
3: groups more at risk than others? Because we've had health topics on the show where they'll say, well, this group is more affected than others. You know, is that true with child abuse? In other words, does socioeconomics play anything um, into child abuse rates?
2: That's absolutely true. I, over the 20 years I've been working with children and families, I have found that the, that the percentages tend to be higher when children have parents who, who lack the understanding okay. of child development and proper parenting. Yes. Also, kids coming um, are actually living in domestic violence households. Oh, wow. Kids born to parents who were also abused themselves. Okay. Um, parents who uh, suffer with chemical dependency and are abused.
8: Yeah. They
2: are at a higher risk of abusing their children. And also, kids who are being reared by what we call non biological or transient parents. Okay. That could be an aunt, it could be um, a partner to the biological parent, okay. it could be an adoptive parent. And lastly, kids who are born into into families that embrace, embrace abrasive acts, as a form of discipline are at high risk, too, because sometimes culturally it comes down that this is the preferred way to discipline
3: a child. And we're going to talk about that, because that is the elephant in the room um, that many people want to avoid, right? They say, well, you've got a professional uh, clinical social worker like Monica Swain on Let's Talk American Radio," and we're going to talk about the book definition, but that's what I like with this platform that we bring in featured guests like you, Monica, because because we're talking about meaningful, productive talk. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to your national award winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Um, and tonight, of course, we are putting the spotlight on a dreadful uh, reality. We're talking about child abuse, and we want to confront it because it is happening in our homes, and maybe you're not aware of it. Maybe it's your niece or nephew, and you're not quite sure what child abuse is. Monica Swain, of course, a clinical social worker, small business owner, also a radio talk show host herself. She's on Let's Talk America Radio tonight. Monica, there are those out there that are saying, well, I had nieces and nephews, Monica. Um, I've had kids myself. Uh, You know, I would know child abuse victims. I would recognize them when I see them. From your professional perspective, is child abuse always apparent or obvious to us? In other words, I guess we're looking for the Hollywood examples of, I know that kid was abused.
2: No. As a parent because, again, it goes back to the, the culture or the background. Because if we, if you have a child and that child is being disciplined a certain way and that child's parent was disciplined the same way, they just see that as a form of disciplinary action. Okay. Now, it can be apparent to a counselor or a teacher yeah. or someone that may may be exposed to this family's um, or- origin but not a part of this family's culture. Okay. And in those instances, people may take uh, notice to harsh language. Um, snatching, pulling, or putting hands on children, yelling um, in personal space, pulling a belt out to whip a child, or not allowing a child to have um, adequate say, or are not allowing a child to have adequate food or clothing. All of that falls under the term child abuse. So I would say that it's not always the parent, but it just depends on who we're dealing with. Sometimes the abusers are the last ones to really see the evidence of the abuse because okay. they're in denial or that in their minds from a cognitive perspective, they're justifying the behavior. They might even say that the child is acting out in school, so this is why I approach the situation. Wow. That's like a two-part question, because abusers, not so much, but outside people that the children interface with, yes, yes I think they would be... Um, they would be uh, the ones that would notice
3: probably a lot sooner than the abuser. Wow, so somewhat outside of the situation that would be objective, especially those trained uh, like yourself. You know, I want to talk about emotional abuse because you brought it up a few seconds ago uh, when you described yelling at a child or snapping at a child or playing, if you will, mind games. You know, emotional abuse, uh, from my perspective, I'm not a social worker like yourself, uh, but it's probably harder to detect especially perhaps even for that child that is being abused emotionally, or for the perpetrator. You know, describe emotional abuse for us, and as you just eloquently said, why do the abusers uh, tend to not think they're guilty of it? Because you know what they're saying. Well, I don't punch my child, Monica. I don't slap my kid. I don't take out a belt or a WAP. Maybe their parents or grandparents did it to them. They're saying, I'm better than what happened to me, but maybe they're cursing the child out, and maybe they're snapping, Um uh, you know, being cruel and playing bully games, if you will, just to get the child to eat the vegetables. Explain.
2: Emotional abuse is pretty much any act, including um, confinement, isolation, uh, verbal assault, humiliation, okay. intimidation, where the child is directly exposed. And also, um, emotional abuse can be the diminishing and the reduction of self-worth as well as self-value. Emotional abuse is also termed as psychological abuse. And, it can, and kids who generally suffer from emotional abuse, they tend to have less than things. Okay. Show personality changes such as becoming withdrawn or yeah. uh, maybe flinching if someone walks past them or gets up or walks towards them. Wow. They may even become depressed, anxious, overly anxious, and even suicidal.
3: Oh, my. Wow. You know, I, I want to. Go into a foreign into emotional abuse more, and and I guess this conversation, this specific question, probably could cover the gamut of physical abuse also. But you know there are some listening to you right now, and they're sitting in Dallas, Texas, and they're saying, you know, Monica, I hear you, um, and maybe the way I talk to my child, you would say it is emotional abusive, if you will. But you know what they're probably saying, Monica? I came from an environment where you had to be tough where you had to be real to survive. And even those individuals out there who may say, you know, this is a mean, tough world uh, for everyone. Uh, some people believe, of course, that certain groups have it tougher than others, and they're saying, I don't want my son to be this kid who can't survive, who who's going to have problems when people are talking to him a certain way, so I'm raising him to live in the real world, Monica. What would you say to that? Because you know there are a lot of people out there, and some people would say, it's cultural, some people would say it's environmental, they justify, if you will, some people, not all, we never want to make a generalization on Let's Talk America Radio, but they're saying to themselves, I've got to be tough, I've got to be able to curse to my kids, I've got to be able to snap on them so they get that this world can be a big, bad world for these kids.
2: Well, first of all, I would say um, I would definitely, if, if someone approached me with that perception, the first thing I want to do is to educate them about the cycle of abuse. Yes. Yeah. And also to maybe do a comparison and contrast. Because sometimes when you see abuse on any level and it's occur, occurring one generation after another, Yes. Yeah because something different has not been implemented for okay. that family origin. Okay. So that's the first thing I would want to do is to provide a level of education. And also, too, I would want to paint a picture. As I stated just a few minutes ago, you know, children feeling withdrawn, children feeling uh, fearful of people talking to them or actually talking yeah. to people. Children that are depressed at such an early age okay. are even suicidal. I would want to highlight the consequences of emotional... Anxiety. Wow. Wow also, too, the importance of knowing your child and meeting your child where your child is because sometimes we hear that emotional abuse or physical abuse started because that child was acting out in school or that child was talking back at home or that child was breaking curfew. Well, the first course of action is to assess the situation. Wow. Because when we assess the situation, we get a better understanding of what we're dealing with. And and here's something else, too, that we have to understand about abuse. It's okay to go beyond what you know. And what I mean by that, okay. it's okay to do research.
8: Yes. Powerful. It's
2: okay to reach out to educators. It's okay to awesome. reach out to counselors because you want to make sure that if you've seen a cycle in your generation and you know how it made you feel okay. as a child, wow. you don't want to defend that. You want to be freed from that. Wow, it
3: allows you to not expose that to your children. You know, Monica, I love what you just said. You're saying first assess the, the situation. So acknowledge and, and that would be the first step. Acknowledge that possibly uh, there are some in our society who were abused. Now maybe they didn't have black eyes maybe they didn't have broken legs but maybe they experienced emotional abuse at the hands of the beloved mother or the admired father and I, and i'm sure you would agree with me that doesn't mean that mom or dad were bad rotten evil people but what you said so eloquently a few minutes ago they nothing changed for them to progress and move forward so you're saying except where we are for them for us to say just because it happened to me doesn't make it right because you know monica someone right now sitting in Orangeburg, South Carolina, saying, well, you know what? My mom did curse me out, and she did call me names when I didn't do what I was supposed to do, when I perhaps wasn't as obedient as I should have been. But, Monica, I came out okay. There's nothing wrong with me. You know there are those who are justifying that.
2: true. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it happens every day because when people are able, and see, that's what denial does. Denial distorts the truth. Okay. It keeps us from having a front seat to. Powerful.
0: Sleep. Powerful.
2: And when people feel like, you know what? I experienced that and I came out okay. But here's what they're doing. They're not really engaging in the psychological aspects and the psychological impact of that behavior yeah. or that experience in their lives. What they're doing is pretty much. Like are actually, modeling the abuser. Okay. The abuser justifies his or her behavior. Okay. So guess what ends up happening a lot of times: the person that's being abused tends to justify
3: the abuse as well. Oh wow! And, and you know, we've talked about uh, domestic violence between intimate partners on this show a while back, and what you're describing sounds just like what our counselor came and shared. That you'll have the abuser justifying what they did. Well, you shouldn't have dropped the fork. You should have spoken to that guy because you know uh, how I am about you, if you will, you know, role-playing here. And then you're right. Th- she shared with us that the victims will justify, well, I shouldn't have done that, and I irritated him. So you're saying even children, even adult children, even those maybe who were abused 20, 30 years ago, are justifying what the beloved mom or dad did because they love this individual. And maybe the individual is no longer here on earth, so their point is really I don't want to slam mom. Mom did the best she could. Right, Monica?
2: Absolutely. And then you have situations with families where there may be emotional abuse going on in this home, but these same parents are providing shelter, providing activities to extracurriculars. They're providing vacations. They're providing some fun stuff. So what that child tends to do is to balance it from that child's perspective, regardless of the age. That child looks at it and says, well, you know what, it's okay Okay. for mom or dad to or it's okay for mom and dad to call me stupid because when they're feeling their best vacation, we go to soccer games, we go out to eat. And so children, and especially in their respective developmental stages, when they see some good along with some bad, they tend to kind of look at that good and then they don't realize that they're settling and sacrificing, but they're willing to do that because they know that the bad is not bad all.
3: Wow, and that probably will set you up for some very troublesome relationships later in life, I'd imagine. Right, Monica? We're going to touch on that a little later. Um, but justify generational curses. In other words, when we hear the stories that great-grandmother would beat viciously her children, okay, and I'm saying these are stories that I've heard people say, um, that the children were sent to bed without eating, uh, when children were necessarily tied to a tree or told to stay on the porch because they upset mom or dad many, many years ago, even generations ago. Is there any way that any culture or group of people can justify that?
2: From a clinical perspective, no. Okay. Um, I think too when you start to when you start to look back into former generations, you have to look at the educational factor. Oh, yes. You also have to look at the resource factor, the support factor. Okay. And if you look at two or three generations ago, and you look at today's generation, there's a lot of more fle- there's a lot more flexibility. Yes. In today's time, there are okay. support groups, there are extended families that Wonderful. will act on behalf of a family and needs behalf, but when you look back at the former generations, it wasn't heard of. It was more segregated. If you were a sibling of four or five, then, you know, that four or five families, four or five homes, and, and the expectancy was for you to take care of your family and you do whatever was needed. When you look at the educational component, people tend to do what they know, and if people don't learn much, they can't really do much. Wow. That makes
3: it. Powerful, you make a great point. So, so like you're saying, it's not justifiable on any means, but we do, uh, you're saying, acknowledge the situation, maybe there was stress, there was poverty, uh, there was someone who wasn't really properly trained on how to look after children, or they're mimicking, I would imagine, what they uh, saw growing up themselves, right? Because we could even be talking about what someone saw in the late 1800s and going into the 1900s, right, Monica?
2: Absolutely, and, and let's just look at teen pregnancy for a second. Yes. When you had teens getting pregnant in former generations, they were actually getting pregnant having babies, getting married at the, age, at the age of 15, 16, 17 years old, and starting their own little families. They were not exposed to parenting classes. They were not exposed okay. to vocational yes. type of things. They were not exposed to additional Lamaze classes. They were not Powerful. exposed. The parents were not exposed. To any type of support yes. groups to deal with that teenage pregnancy, but when you fast forward into today's society, you have all of these different types of resources. So the approach was different. Back in our former generations, you had babies having babies. that uh, There was no manuscript. Yes. There was there was no instruction. That was pretty much people telling you now that you have this child, you've got to you've got to move forward and rear this child the best you know how. Wow! And a lot of times, the best just wasn't good enough as it relates to the needs of
3: the child. Wow. It is Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you are listening to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Uh, We are putting the spotlight on child abuse. I'm no expert, but I have on a friend of Let's Talk America Radio, talking about the one and only acclaimed clinical social worker, Monica Swain. She's on with us. She is breaking this reality all down, uh, really enlightening all of us with information um, that's real that's hard-hitting but again it's um, uh, very enlightening on so many levels Monica you know I've got to ask this question, and it's a powerful one in my mind because we often bring it up when we talk about uh, individuals who abuse their intimate partners, be it Ray Rice from the NFL um, uh, two years ago or others that we know of, or even mothers or fathers or guardians. Can abusers really, truly change, Monica? And if they can, if this is even possible, how do they go about doing it?
2: Yes, they can. Okay. And... Here are some factors that have to be considered in order for the healing, the transitioning, and and as well as the transformation to take place. They must demonstrate a full understanding that the behavior was inappropriate and that it was abusive. Okay. They, They have to put themselves in a position where they look inside themselves and not blame others. Now, taking responsibility means that that the abuser is accountable for their behavior, they understand it was wrong, and they desire to to make some changes and do some things differently. And the start for some is different than others. And what I mean by that, the first step for one abuser would be to maybe reach out and understand more about parenting styles, what is considered to be healthy versus unhealthy. Another step for someone would be to understand some of the behaviors that have triggered the abuse, like dealing with oppositional kids, with bias, dealing with kids with special needs. Okay. All of those things can trigger aggression in a parent or a guardian. Okay. And more importantly than anything
3: wow, the desire to change. In other words, you're saying you've got to want to change, right? You can't justify and say, well, it's okay that I'm doing this. You're saying that the reality is get in the mirror and say, this isn't right. I don't like what I see. That's okay. right. Wow, powerful information. And, and you heard it from yourself from Monica Swain, a clinical social worker, that abusers can Not that all of them do, but she's saying they can uh, with the proper steps of treatment and counseling and intervention. You know, uh, we talked about the abusers. Can they change? Um, You described for us child abuse so well on so many levels. Quickly before you leave us, you know, what are some sounding short-term and long-term effects um, of abused children? What are they left with? Because you know this and I know this. We interact with them every day. They're adults now. They're productive. I'm sure some of them are very successful. They go on and produce children themselves. Uh, but what are the short-term and long-term effects that we all need to be aware of if we are abused or not?
2: Absolutely. Uh, physical challenges. Um, you know, when someone is abused physically, you know, some things uh, could be abused to the point where they don't work properly in the future because some the severe abuse cases, sometimes the child may need surgery or some type of
0: procedure
2: to correct the situation. Low self-esteem is another long-term effect. Okay. Uh, You know, especially with children that are physically and emotionally and sexually abused, because basically children, especially in the younger developmental stages of life, they tend to view themselves the way people view them. And if they are exposed to a constant a constant abuser, then that child tends to think less of themselves as well.
0: Wow. Um, Fear. Okay. Uh,
2: Fear of building relationships, fear of trusting people, Um, also fear of connecting or putting themselves in a position where they could get that feeling all over again that someone is being abrasive or just being mean on a a not so normal level. Uh, Delinquency. Okay. It was like um, issues with
3: Saw, they will mimic what they saw because and I, this, these are my words, not yours, Monica, but normal becomes relative, right if it 's all they know yeah. mm. powerful information, putting the spotlight on abuse, Monica, before you leave us, I, I want to end on a high note if you will let's talk about the line between nurturing discipline, if you will, and abuse because anyone that's a parent or guardian, an aunt, an uncle or teacher, a counselor. Um, Know that uh, childhood can be and should be, rather, a beautiful thing, but it does have its challenges for most of Children most human beings as they come along. Um, so we have to teach kids right from wrong, okay? We know that. You can't say, well, it's like a and they'll figure it out, and that way we're all friends and everything's peachy and we can have a party every night. Parents, guardians have to be parents or guardians. That's, you know, a perspective I'm offering there. You're the counselor, not me. Um, but that line between nurturing discipline and abuse can be hazy for some people out there listening to us. Tell us how to parent. And this is where we end on a high note. Tell us how to parent in a healthy and productive manner, because it can be done. No parent is perfect, but ultimately, above all, right, they can at least say, hey, uh, I'm on this parenting road, I'm doing the best I can, but above all, I love you.
2: Well, first and foremost, I think a healthy parent, guardian, or caretaker, the first step they want to take is to be aware of their own stress and weaknesses as a person because in order for us to give anything away we must understand what we first possess okay and as it, as it relates to parenting then you want to look at your children and and get to know your children but who they are as opposed to who you may want them to be. Wow. And when you see something in your child that makes you nervous or makes you feel overwhelmed because you may be yet to experience this, don't be afraid to take that step to reach out for support. And support may be in the form of a person, a professional. Uh, It could be in the form of education, resources, or even your own personal resource. But don't be afraid to take those steps. And also, being a good example of problem-solving and conflict resolution, and you can do that with the smaller things, because the smaller things tend to prepare us for the larger things. And when we look at healthy parenting, we want to be able to problem-solve so that we don't compromise or flirt with abuse on any
0: level. We
2: want to be able to resolve conflict without someone feeling like they were mis, uh, mistreated in the process. Yes. And here's something else, too. Quality time with your child. let let's, as parents, we can't let the quality time be only when the child is in trouble. Okay. There has wow. To be a balance. There has to be a balance. Yes. So when your child, when your child comes to the table or when the televisions are turned off and it's time for some family time, okay. your child does not look like he or she is in a foreign land, yes. but more so in an environment that he or she can trust. And, and if all else fails when you're trying to practice being a good example, knowing your own limitations, uh, reaching out, utilizing your own research, don't hesitate to get professional counseling.
0: Okay. Parents.
2: Yes, we do. And sometimes parents need to work on some individual stuff. Okay. And sometimes it stems all the way back to their own childhood. But I, I would encourage each parent that's listening out there tonight, don't ever hesitate to be your best by neglecting yourself. Mm, Always try that. to be your best.
3: Wow, and ultimately it's about uh, being the best we can to make a positive uh, impact in this world, especially to our kids. Uh, Monica, I love what you said, though. If if we get nervous, if we say, wow, that's not quite how I wanted my daughter to come out. Maybe that's not what I wanted my son to see. I think you've made a great point to sit back, take it in, and get some help if we need to, because I do think part of uh, the issues may be out there that, Parents are looking at their kids, and maybe they're finding faults in them. Maybe it's their own faults that they're seeing being mimicked with these kids, and uh, they're becoming afraid or fearful and just acting out themselves, if you will, maybe perhaps with emotional abuse or physical abuse. Um, Would that be true to say? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe they're saying, I wanted my son tougher. I wanted my daughter sharper. Um, Maybe they're getting fearful of what they're seeing, some attributes or characteristics.
2: Absolutely. That can very well be um, a reality with some parents and guardians and caregivers because for those, for parents and, and guardians that have to deal with children with special needs, children that act out, okay. children that don't respect authority, certainly none of those none of those challenges were were something that the parent wished as they were carrying the child or anticipated. And a lot of times, parents don't know how to deal with their own disappointment. And i want to take it just a little bit further if I can. A lot of times, it is the result of dealing with that parent's guilt and shame of that child becoming something that they did not anticipate. And sometimes... Just not what they
3: wanted. Powerful. Wow. And, and that is a part of the conversation uh, we're going to end on. But you make a very, very valid point that maybe there's some disappointment. Maybe there's some guilt um, there. Either way, though, Monica, right on the high note, they can get help. They can get the counseling, the support they need to work through it. Absolutely. Mm, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Monica Swain is a friend of this show. Again, she's a licensed clinical social worker. Uh, she is uh, in business for herself, where she provides counseling and consulting services um, for other outlets and individuals. And she's also a radio talk show host. Before you leave us in the next few seconds, share with our national and international listeners how they can connect with you if they've got any questions to continue this conversation about child abuse, maybe some other issues, um, even if they happen to be in Fort Worth, Texas.
2: Absolutely, um, certainly our website is up and running, we'd love for, to have listeners it at monicaaswayne.com. ecom We are also located on Twitter at Slay Monica, on Facebook uh, Monica A. Swain, SCSW LLC. And we're also located on LinkedIn. And for any of your Georgia listeners, we are we are um, in Macon, Georgia, the center of the heart of Georgia, and we're located in downtown, very close to the courthouse where the mayor's office is. Okay. So you can contact us in many ways, and we'd love to um, hear from you to have more of this discussion
3: because it's a good discussion to have. It is. It's a powerful one and meaningful one, and one that could make all of the difference for future generations, our kids. Monica, thank you for joining us on the show. Again, your friend of Let's Talk America Radio.
2: Thank you for having me. This is DJ
6: Nicholas, Dr. from Kingston, Jamaica, and you're listening to Let's Talk America. Keep it locked. This is award-winning medical correspondent, Dr. Bob Ardott, and you're listening to Let's Talk America Radio.
3: Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, here on the show, uh, we often spotlight help segments, and it's important that we continue the conversation. We're putting the spotlight on cancer tonight, especially, in particular, colon cancer, which is very common. Perhaps you know someone that has it um, who survived it. Tonight we have the honor of having a survivor on with us. I'm talking about Chris Ganser. He is a uh, loving husband and incredible father, Uh, to his kids, and he's a two-time cancer survival, uh, survivor. rather. Now, this isn't the first health battle uh, he's had to face, um, but it was his toughest. He's going to talk with us, and we also have his oncologist on with us, the one and only, the acclaimed Dr. Jamie Ball. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, the two of you. Thank you. Thank you for being on with us. Now, first, I, I want to turn my sights to you, Dr. Ball. How common is colon cancer right now in the U.S.?
5: in the United States, Uh, one in 20 people will be diagnosed in their lifetime with colon cancer.
3: Wow. Are there um, certain groups more, um, uh, I guess, vulnerable to colon cancer than others, or it can truly hit anyone?
5: (laughs) Um, Well, everybody is at risk. We call patients at risk with no high-risk features, average-risk patients. Um, An average risk patients should undergo screening because they still have a uh, 5% lifetime risk of cancer okay. or colon cancer rather. Um, there are patients who are considered high risk and those patients are those with a family history, especially a first degree relative, mom and dad, brothers and sisters or even children with colon cancer or colon polyps, which puts them at higher
3: risk. Mm. You know, great information. Uh, we are tuned in to Let's Talk America Radio, putting the spotlight on colon cancer, talking to an acclaimed oncologist and also a survivor of colon cancer. He's going to talk with us, take us through his journey. Um, but first, I back to you. Uh, are there any symptoms or signs of colon cancer that our national and international listeners should be made aware of?
5: Most patients with early-stage colon cancer have no symptoms at all. It's not until colon cancer is in more advanced stages that patients can see symptoms. The most common symptoms, if a patient does have a symptom, is bleeding or blood in the stool and decreased caliber of their stool.
3: I see. Uh, Chris, I want to turn to you now. Um, When were you diagnosed with colon cancer?
6: I was first diagnosed with colon cancer when I was 34 years old in
3: 2012. Wow, a young man. So we often think, well, um, you know, we don't need to worry about a screening or the possibility of cancer until we're over 50 or 60. But here you were uh, in your early 30s facing it. Uh, Take us through uh, the journey when you first got the news. Uh, When
6: I was first diagnosed, uh, being younger, um, a lot of times it can be diagnosed or not treated immediately like colon cancer. Um, I have a very large um, history of cancer in my family and multiple kinds of cancer. Okay. But when I was first diagnosed, just like Dr. Bull pointed out, you really don't have the early onset.
3: Years in between with the first diagnosis and where we are now, Chris. Uh, almost three and a half years. Three and a half years. Wow. So, um, it's fair to say you're still under the age of 40 years old, right? Yeah. Wow. You know, Dr. Bull, Wow. A young man. A young man. A productive man. Certainly on your way, Dr. Bull, There are some listeners right now sitting in San Diego, California, and they're saying he was 34 years old correct, the screening, the guidelines don't even say to get a colostomy at 34 years old. I mean, what what is your perspective of that? interesting. And Chris, you, I know you pointed out that there was a history of cancer in your family, but was there specifically colon cancer or no? He said, grandparents, there is a reality here in this country um, among every community that some people just don't know the family history. They don't. They don't have it accurate. Um, you know just as well as I do as an oncologist that they'll say, well, grandmother passed away from a woman's disease. We don't really know quite what that meant. Um, they had problems with their stomach and then they passed away. You know, uh, what would be your advice to anyone listening in that says, you know, I don't really know my family history. My family has not been forthcoming or upfront about it. What do they do? That's a great question. A lot of people do not know their family history, and so um,
5: they need to talk to their physician about what they do know about their family Mm -hmm. history and their own personal medical history to come up with an individualized screening plan. Um, That may mean screening earlier, um, especially in cases of adoption, patients have no idea um, of what their family history is, so it becomes even more important to look at individual risk factors of that patient, and if necessary, screen earlier.
3: You know, uh, this is a national show, uh, Let's Talk America Radio, but I know the two of you right now are sitting in North Carolina. Um, I think you all have some local stats on the disease for us of colon cancer. Please share. (laughs) So
5: in 2016 in North Carolina, we're gonna see 4,300 new cases of colon and rectal cancer diagnosed. And we'll have 1,500 patients die from their disease just this year in our state. our state is pretty good in terms of um, getting patients screened. About 72% of our patient, or our citizens have been screened in some form for colon cancer, which is slightly better than the national average. Okay. But certainly there's a campaign across the country right now to, to achieve a goal of 80% by 2018. Wow. And so we're uh, falling short of that mark in North Carolina. Um, and are trying to increase those efforts and education campaigns so that
6: patients know what their choices are. Uh,
3: you know, knowledge is power for everyone. Those were some devastating numbers and predictions for the state of North Carolina. Obviously, that only worsens when you take it to the national level. Uh, tell me this, Dr. Boyle, what What do we have to help fight colon cancer? I mean, I know we've done segments on cervical cancer, and we've had oncologists, and we've had gynecologists come in and say, it's the pap smear. Let's get the pap done. Let's get the HPV testing done. Um, From your perspective as an oncologist, you're treating those who are fighting colon cancer daily. What can we do to help prevent it or catch it as early as possible?
5: The key is colon cancer screening. time um, in their life Uh, for average risk patients that's at age 50, and it may be younger for higher risk patients. The key here is that there are options and choices for patients to get colon cancer screening. Most people think about a colonoscopy uh, being the um, gold standard for colon cancer screening where you have to take a bowel prep and you come in and we look at the lining of the colon to remove the precursors colon cancer, Uh, but there are other methods such as stool-based studies looking for blood in the stool. So if a colonoscopy is difficult to get, um, there's a high cost to that, there's travel expense. Um, There are other options that patients need to know about.
3: it slightly. I guess the question in my head right now is why uh, do so many people avoid getting screened? And I think um, from what I hear, when I hear the chatter, I think the reality is people say, I don't want a colonoscopy. I don't want that. That seems uncomfortable. Uh, Maybe they had an experience that didn't seem so great in the past. Um, But As a physician, and I want to piggyback with you on this, Chris, but first to Dr. Boyle. You know, as a physician, it may be uncomfortable even if that's what the physician's saying we need to do. We're at the point, um, you're below 50, you're over 50, and you're at risk. We need to get the screening done. Even if it's uncomfortable for a few minutes or a few seconds, because I know it's not a very long procedure, Dr. Boyle, would you not emphasize people still need to get screened?
5: Absolutely. Um, I think probably the hardest part that people worry about is the bowel prep and the cleansing. Okay. Um, and that is something that patients have to do the day prior uh, for a colonoscopy. Um, the colonoscopy in and of itself, uh, people worry about being in pain or um, waking up during the procedure. But we use uh, sedation to make the patient comfortable. So once the patient is through the bowel cleanse or the intestinal prep, uh, they're pretty much home-free in terms of getting through um, their colonoscopy.
3: Wow. And, of course, screening can help, uh, like you said, for the polyps or any other conditions and issues. And the sooner we can get on board, the better. Chris, obviously, uh, you're a survivor. Or you're doing well now. Um, you've been through testing, I can only imagine. For those out there that are hesitant for the testing, they're saying, I don't want to be poked on, I don't want this and that, what are your encouraging words to those listeners? Mm-hmm.
6: Words of encouragement would be not to listen to the old way of things that were done. I mean, I've had five colonoscopies now.
3: Nothing like some good cookies for you. Uh, also, my last question for you, um, you're a two-time cancer survivor. You are tough, obviously physically and also emotionally and mentally. There's someone out there right now listening to Let's Talk America Radio. They're tuned in. Uh, maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it's lupus. Maybe it's multiple sclerosis. Maybe it's type 2 diabetes that's not under control. And they're doing the best they can, but they're getting frustrated about it. And we know uh, when it comes to fighting health conditions, there can be good days and bad days. You're a guy who's done it uh, Um, You're continuing on your path and your journey. Uh, Words of hope for those out there suffering maybe with cancer or something else. People fight as long as you can. Uh, congratulations, uh, and continue along your amazing journey, Chris. Uh, well deserved, um, uh, Dr. Ball. I want to end with you. Uh, hey, colon cancer, cancer is everywhere in the news, right? We turn on the news, we know family members our neighbors. It seems to be so rampant. Uh, you know that causes individuals to be afraid, to be scared. But uh, from what I've researched and read, we are uh, likely in the best days we could be for cancer research and new technologies. Um, will you please close us out on where we are with uh, cancer in general right now? Sure. Um, in fact, the
5: And rates of death from cancer are declining across this country, mostly because of widespread screening programs that we have.
3: I don't need to tell an expert like you or Chris, but for those who are choosing to ignore a symptom because out of fear, which is a human component, but ignoring it doesn't uh, make the cancer or any condition go away, right, Dr.? Thank you. Uh, Where can our national and international listeners, and especially those in North Carolina listening in right now, where can they go for more information on cancer or colon cancer specifically?
5: A great website is the American Cancer Society. They have information about healthy living tips and cancer prevention. They also talk about screening recommendations for colon cancer and other types of cancer and treatment. So they can go to cancer.org or org. Cancer.org, that's the American Cancer Society's website, and there is a ton of very helpful information for specific um, health problems um, that patients can look at and benefit from.
3: Wow, we all should certainly check that out. Chris, thank you. Congratulations. And, Dr. Bull, thanks for sharing all of the information here on Let's Talk America Radio.
2: and opposition. There's jealousy, fear, detrimental eating habits, financial challenges, addiction to drugs and alcohol, and so much more. I want to tell you, you don't have to be. Our company, CRM Enrichment, is on a mission, a mission to show you how to take control of your life, health, and happiness. Our CRM Empowerment Series will equip you how to handle challenges and opposition, People respond best division. Therefore, we use drama, vision, and words to equip and empower you to take charge of your destiny. We show you how to focus on the solution and not the problem. There are seven individual series in which we seek to reach everyone, men, women, teens, and children. For more detailed information, visit our website, crmenrichment.com.
3: Welcome back everyone check out this exclusive interview with country music star Jennifer Nettles.
1: so uh, great great organization for age we're talking about um that This morning, but Jennifer, first let's talk about you. What's uh, what's going on in, on your side of the world? With, I know you're very busy with a lot of projects. Tell us about
7: those. Sure. Uh, right now, I'm out on the road. I'm on tour. I have an album coming out on May 13th called "Playing with Fire." So I'm out on the road supporting that, and uh, was super excited to be able to to take a moment away from tour to come here to D.C. and and celebrate all these fantastic young folks and their projects, the Youth in Action leaders, the ones who are winning these awards. Um, like Miss Lexi right here that you'll get to talk to in just a second. But uh, happy to be able to be here and to uh, champion this organization that has done so much for me.
1: Well, tell us about today's rally, what, what what all is involved in it, what's going on today.
7: Sure. Well, what we're celebrating here, as I said, are these youth in action leaders, but what we're hoping to do uh, by celebrating that is is to show everyone this new face of 4-H. 4-H is it's the oldest uh, youth organization in America. It started over 100 years ago, and when it did, it started in the field of agriculture because, of course, that was the big game in town 100 years ago. Now, we have all evolved, including 4-H, to, to be interested in, in a diversity of subjects as young folks. My project was the performing arts. Lexis, what is yours?
5: Um, I do citizenship.
7: Citizenship, and and she's going to tell you about something fantastic that she has done here in just a second. But there's, you know, there's everything from robotics to citizenship. And what we want to do is celebrate the leaders that these young people are becoming. And and one way to become a leader is to figure out what your passion is. And that's what 4-H does best is help kids explore their passion.
1: Well, and this is uh, obviously a really important opportunity to grow some of these leaders of tomorrow Absolutely. today. right? That's what this is so important doing.
7: Absolutely.
6: So, Lexi, let's talk to you. Uh, okay.
1: What... Uh, you won an award, a scholarship for Ford H, this Youth in yes. Action that Jennifer was talking about. Can you tell us about what it meant to you to be selected as a winner and what that award is all about?
5: Sure. Well, the Youth in Action Award honors youth who have become true leaders and who have impacted their community. And I was named the Youth in Action Pillar Winner for Citizenship. And um, for that, I created a wig closet to help um, people going through cancer treatment in my community to have access to um, wigs and other head coverings.
1: Well, that's that's an amazing effort that you put forth there, Lexi. That's that's really inspiring for all of us. Um, Thank you, Jennifer. Why is it important to nurture? To today's youth, so they can become the next generation of leaders.
7: Well, obviously, I mean, speaking of, as someone who is now well with with, with a lot of patina, will say it at my age. Um, when I look at young people now, and I, I look at this country, I know that that you know, students like Lexi are going to be, who are going to make the decisions as I get older. When I think of my own son as well, who is obviously much younger than Lexi, he's only three, but the decisions that, that someone of Lexi's age, they're going to have an impact not only on my life as, as I become older, but also on my child's life within this world. And when I look at, at what 4-H does best, and when you think about Lexi's project within her community, you know, when you think about the 4-H pledge, the end of it, it says to make the best better, you know, for, for my club, my community, my country, and my world world. We're talking about leadership on a holistic level there. What Lexi did was within her community, and it changes lives. Not everyone wants to be on the, on the country level, meaning not everyone wants to be a political leader on the country level. Not everyone may want to be that kind of leader, but we, it takes leaders throughout and at each different level, I, I think, in order to, uh, to become a, a better community in general and a better global community, and, and Lexi's project is a great example of that.
1: Well, let's close with this. How can, uh, let's get out the information about uh, yes. the young people and their parents, how they can get involved with in this campaign.
7: Absolutely. Go online at 4-H.org. That's 4-H.org. And you can learn about all these projects. You can learn about citizenship. You can learn about robotics. You can learn about performing arts. You can see where your local 4-H club meets. You can figure out how to become involved. And uh, I, I think that is that is what is key to, to growing these leaders that we talk about in 4-H so much is, is providing kids. With an opportunity to explore their passion, because when we find something that we're passionate about, we can lead in that area. So uh, get online for-h-four-h.org, excuse me, and uh, check it out.
1: Wonderful, Jennifer. Thanks so much, best for the new album, and Thank let's you. Keep up the great work. We're, we're all inspired. Thanks so much.
7: Thank you.
4: Are you looking for a family-based radio talk show that addresses the relevant issues and concerns of today? You have found the right option. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is your award-winning radio talk show that's for every member of the family. We feature meaningful conversations each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our brand new website by visiting www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is talk
3: radio with substance tune in welcome back listeners of your national award-winning news talk program let's talk america you know it is national poetry month as you all may recall last week we featured a poet and this week i have the honor of introducing another one to our international listeners i'm talking about poet nicole ivy she's on with us right now in april again recognizing national poetry month nicole welcome to let's talk america radio
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
3: Thank you. Will you tell us briefly more about yourself?
0: My name is Nicole Ivy. I'm a poet from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm also an academic and a museum professional, and I love language.
3: Awesome. Will you please now share an original piece written by you? And the name, I want to pronounce it right. You go ahead and introduce the title for us.
0: Sure. The title is called Errata. E-R-R-A-T-A.
3: Irata by Nicole Ivey.
0: God bless this mess, this cluttered surface, the table sufficing for a desk, two belly mugs ringed with breakfast coffee, the inevitable beer bottle, a pale ale, bright and beautiful. These three empty spoons, the savior, the thief, the believer, rods of crumpled papers, exactly one stack of unopened mail, tight-lipped and judgmental, two bright brass earrings, a base coat and a top coat, bus stop crimson. You never find nothing because you never look for nothing. And how many ballpoint pens, round sticks all, with the occasional masticated cap the plastic kind, that are, like so many things, hard on the hands
3: and disposable. Thank you. Awesome work.
4: Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week. From 10 a.m. until 10 p.m., Dr. Baroudi and his well trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy. Telemedicine and a six month physician supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia. Interstate 20, exit 37. Call 404 937 3508 or go to www.getwellga.org.
3: Welcome back everyone. Of course, let's talk America Radio. We'll be back on next Tuesday night, 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same time, same place. You have to join us. We will have new featured exclusive interviews with leading experts and celebrities, and of course, we always aim to address the issues that impact you and your world. Do stick with us. Again, please check out the website where you can find more information about upcoming shows, topics, national sponsors and partners and so much more, okay? Please visit www.letstalkamerica with Shana Thornton.com. We are out there on social media. If you love a Twitter, if you're on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, if you're on Google, is it Vine, is it Periscope, is it Snapchat? We are out there on it. Please join Let's Talk America Radio. Our handle is Let's Talk America Radio, but if you're on Twitter, it is SS Thornton. On Twitter, it is SS Thornton. Well, everyone, it has been one great show tonight. Hopefully you have been informed, motivated, and inspired. Again, check us out next Tuesday night. Now, you know we love great news. We love great conversation, great talk, and we also love inspiring music. And tonight we have the tunes of saxophonist Gerard Robinson. His music will actually close us out. And do know that it is titled Rain. It's actually the jazz cover for the R&B hit originally performed by the group SWV. I know many of you remember Rain. So it's an awesome and try it. check it out. If you like the music, do support him. Put his name in your favorite search engine. Okay, well, we certainly appreciate all of our independent artists, Ours, those that are on mid midsize labels and those on the major labels. Thank you for submitting your music. And, of course, special acknowledgment to all of the publics and managers out there who keep us connected to great music. We appreciate you. Well, Let's Talk America Radio will sign off officially after the tunes of saxophonist Gerard Robinson. Have a great one, everyone. Remember to hashtag LTA. Radio. LCA Radio, we are in your ear. Keep the news conversation going. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is an entity of Pageant & Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016.
4: a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Barudi and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org.